Amen. Amen. Well, every week we pray for another church, or we, you know, we try every week, pretty much every week, and uh, we lift them up because we are not the only body in Stanley County. We're not the best body either. We're a part of the best body. And this week I want us to pray for Great is His Mercy Ministries and Pastor Felicia Berenger. So will you join with me, and let's just agree and lift that ministry up. So Lord, right now we just lift up Pastor Felicia. Thank you so much for her. She is a gift to the body of Christ. Lord, what a precious soul and a precious heart that she has for you. And Lord, we just ask that you would protect her, that you would anoint her, that you would move her in your mighty power, Lord. Lord, let your love manifest in her in ways that just she has never even seen before. Let her move up to new levels, Lord. Father, we just come against the enemy. Any plans formed against them, they will come to nothing. And Father, we praise you for it, that every weapon formed shall not prosper. Every fiery dart will be quenched. And Lord, let your blessing manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining with me. So today we're going to jump back into who, what, when, where, why, and how. And um, I always try to get that right. But uh, anyway, who, what, when, where, why, and how. And we talked about very first was why. Then we talked about the who and the what and the where and the when. And now we're into the how. And the thing about this message is this is not a complicated message, it, but it is very practical. It will change how you live and change the fruit that's on your spiritual tree if you will apply a very uh, simple message, but very practical. And I want you to don't, don't look at it and go, well, this is just so simple, I don't have to give it any esteem. No, 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 no. This is one that you want to give so much esteem to no matter how simple it is, because this really makes the difference. So 1 John 4.19 says this, We love because he first loved us. Now who do we love? We love people. We have just love in our hearts in general. But ultimately, what is that? If I, even if I love Nicole, even if I love my wife, where is that love really generated in? If I love her properly, it's generated in my love for God. All right. If I don't love him right, I'm not going to love her right. So I've got to understand that my love is generated in my love for God. And as I love God first, I'll be able to love her. I'll be able to love our kids. I'll be able to love you. I'll be able to love the world if I love God first. And this was our why. This was the very first week. Why? You know, we asked, what do we need to be doing? And what's our why? What's our purpose? And if our purpose is not, I love God, then we're going to be off. And we're going to get off track in life. And life is going to just throw us so many curves. And we're going to derail. And it's going to cause a mess. And the truth is, most of us have derailed at some point already. And uh, if, we're not, if our why is not right, we're just waiting for the next derailment, really. So in other words, this is, although that's very simple, this is very, very important. Because if we don't get on the right tracks of why, the right purpose, which is loving God, we're just in line for the next derailment. 
How many people have ever felt derailed in their life before besides me? How many people never want to feel that again? I'm telling you based on the word today that if you don't get on the tracks of I love God as my why, as my purpose, you will derail again. Is that plain enough? I, yeah, I was, just, okay, all right. So we'll just move on. So why we love God because he first loved us. But let me, let me just say this. This is not a love based off of I love because I should. This is not a love based off of I love because I should. That's called the law. Okay? That's trying to follow the letter of the law. And guess what? It doesn't work. So you can tell your kid all day long, you should do this and you should do that. And guess what? At some point, that kid is going to lie to you. He's going to do the wrong things because he doesn't have the why right. Just because you tell him he should, he already has the Holy Spirit helping him too. And I'm telling you, even at Luke's age, at two, I'm watching him like, you know, don't do that. <laughs> don't push that any further, Luke. And he'll push it just a little bit. And I'm like, boy. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm saved, but I'm, I'm thinking barely right now. You know, boy, you better watch it. <laughs> yeah, don't push that anymore. And he's like pushing those lines. Oh, my goodness, all oh boy. But it's like, how does he know to do that? How does he know to sin at that age? How does he know to push the limits? Now, he's adorable. <laughs> Good gracious, I'm going to preach over here. <laughs> she said, <laughs> how does he know that? Now, see, part of that is, that is a part of that, and listen to this very carefully, part of that is a God-given gift to stretch past the things of the enemy. But that's got to be taught and directed by Nicole and I. But part of that also is that flesh nature to push the lines, right? Just knowing that we should love God, that we should, is not why enough. We have to be motivated and empowered by his love. In other words, our why has to be one of those things that doesn't just say, this is right, this is wrong. Okay, I'm going to do right because it's right. I have to back up and say, look, Lord, because you loved me, now I want to love you. In other words, I'm letting your love of me motivate me not just to do the right thing because I should, but my love is pressing me towards the right thing. In other words, I don't even have to fully know what is the right thing because my love's going to push me in that direction. It's going to empower me. I'm not just doing it because somebody told me I should or I shouldn't. I'm doing it because I love God, because I choose Him and His ways. It's a big difference between just being you know, obedient to a should or should not. When, when this is deep down inside of me, this is, that love is empowering. See, you got people all the time, I was listening uh, to some teaching talking about being submissive or being obedient. Submission is a heart. That's the heart of who you are. But obedient, you've got people in America all over the place that are obedient to the laws, but they're not submissive to it. In other words, they're following the letter of the law, but it's not because they won't. 
We've got to allow love to move us to the place where we want to. It's not just that I'm being obedient only. I want to be obedient. That's where we're allowing the love of God to move us. So why we love because he first loved us. Who? Everyone. The people we know and the people we don't know. Because people we know is sometimes easy to love on the people we don't know. That can be out of our comfort zone. And sometimes it's vice versa. Sometimes it's easy, you know, like just think about this. A new guest comes in. Oh, how you doing? Just want to love on you. So good to see you. But then go six months down the road and they've ticked you off. And then all of a sudden it's like, I don't want to love on them. Not like I did that first day. I was like, so happy to have you here. And then before you know it, you're sitting on the other side of the sanctuary. So either way, the people you know or you don't know, maybe it's easier one time or harder another time, but it doesn't really matter. The who is we love on everybody. Why? Because God loves on them. doesn't matter if it's within our comfort zone or not. The what? What are we doing? We're being an ambassador. We are winning souls. We're making disciples. We're moving in the power and the love of God, which is what George was talking about this morning. We're winning. All right, listen to this again. And as I say this again, I want you to think, when's the last time you did one of these things? Because this is not just preacher stuff. This is believer stuff. When's the last time, you know, so are we really being an ambassador? You know, have we, we know that we probably hadn't been on the right track of the why and the purpose, but not only do we need to get on the right track, but there needs to be a production. There needs to be something produced out of that love. And so even if we think we're on the right track, here's the proof of whether or not you're on the right track. Have I been winning souls? Have I been making disciples? Have I been moving in the power and the love of God? And and don't just look at it from your intentions like, oh, yes, I've been trying to be holy and everything. Look at it from the, from the perspective of other people. How would other people, would other people say that about you from the outside looking in? Because that's where it really becomes important. And they're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt in, in the aspect of, oh, you were really trying. <laughs> they're they're going to be like, no, 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 he ain't won souls in two years. You know, she hadn't moved into power of God. I've never seen her pray over anybody. But I wanted to. Have you? If we haven't, then we're not being the ambassador. We're not producing. See, this is what a lot of America is looking for. They're just looking for us to be who we claim to be. They just want to see it. They're looking for something real. They're looking for something powerful. You have it. But you're not going to walk in it. Unless you set yourself on the tracks of, I love God, the why, the purpose. And then the when and the where is anytime and anywhere. You're just waiting. You're just listening for the Holy Spirit to direct. You're just listening. You're just constantly leaving your direction open to the flow of the Holy Spirit and waiting on him to tell you something to do. The why is already accomplished in your mind and in your heart. So once he tells you to go, there's no hesitation in you. You just do what he asks you to do. So today we're talking about how do we do that. And, and particularly today, if the why is so important, if the purpose is so important, how do we get on those tracks? Because, you know, you may have been here for the why message, and it was awesome. And you know what? We need to have that. We need to talk about that a lot. 
You may have been here for that message. I mean, you may have been wanting to stand up and shout and say amen. But the truth of the matter is we probably have not gotten on the tracks like we wanted to the day that we heard it. You know, even today we hear it and we're like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to get on the tracks. I want to get on the right track and I want to head towards God. I want my why. I want my purpose to be right. And yet we'll walk out that door and probably won't won't be right. So how do we get on those tracks and stay on those tracks? That's part of what we're talking about today. And we said this, I, I said this when, during the why. I said, if being all in for God, in other words, having your why right, having your purpose, I, I love you, God. If it's not a matter in life of, and death for you, you're already lukewarm. If you are already at the place where love for God is not a matter of life and death for you, you're already lukewarm. George was talking about miracles today, and he was talking about in the class, and he was talking about the um, have we ever gotten in front of somebody and then backed off of what we heard the Lord do. And we're not supposed to be the one who decides. We've got to realize that it's not you that does it or doesn't do it. It's God. It's God. So one of the things I can remember one time where I was, uh, we were at the bookstore in Wadesboro, and there was a guy, and he, I, some of you have heard this story before, and uh, a guy and his mom were living in the house behind us, and the mom comes over there frantic. She's yelling, oh, my goodness, my son has collapsed, and runs over there. I run, go see the son. He's sitting there, you know, uh, not doing good gurgling and all kinds of stuff and it was not pretty and he was having a heart attack and so I didn't know what to pray for so I just started praying and uh, then I started praying in the spirit because I didn't know what to pray for I needed the Holy Spirit's help and as I prayed in the spirit he started improving yeah it's amen for now and then we go on to the EMTs come and the EMTs come and I get embarrassed to pray in the spirit because I know people you know not everybody agrees with that and and so I got embarrassed and I noticed when I pray in the spirit he would do good and when I stopped praying in the spirit he would not do good and the EMTs come and I stopped praying in the spirit and it goes on and the ending's not well and that really affected me and the question was, the why for me at that time was not life or death. I cared more about what those guys thought than God wanting to love on this man that was in front of me. My why was off. And so quickly, I did the wrong thing. For something, here's this guy's life hanging in the balance. And he went on to pass away. Here's this guy's life hanging in the balance, literally. And maybe I could have had a full effect. I don't know. It doesn't matter at this point. I recognize whether he lived or died, guess what? My why, my wrong why was revealed. Because it wasn't life or death to me, and I was lukewarm. We've got to have this to the place where our why, our purpose, is life and death to us. It's set. This is what it means to be a believer. This is what it means to have Jesus as Lord. In other words, at no point, if Jesus is my Lord and he's telling me what to do, at no point, if he really is my Lord, do I give myself the right to step in and say, no, go that way. 
If, I, if I'm leaving that door open at all, I'm already off tracks. I'm already lukewarm. And when Jesus tells me to do something, I'm constantly going to have an escape plan for my flesh. And that's a problem. Because it's going to hurt. How do we get our why to be a matter of life and death? You know, and we were at a marriage conference uh, this weekend, and one of the things that they said was this. And I've heard this. My dad used to say this to me all the time. I'm going to say it the way that they said it in their words. They said, people don't do necessarily what they're supposed to do. People pretty much don't do what they're supposed to do. People will do what they want to do. Period. Yeah. Uh, People will do what they want to do. You, and if you just think about it, you can go back and say, why did I do that? And the answer is going to be, because I wanted to. Because I wanted to. So we can sit up here and I can tell you out of the word all the time, all the time. Yeah, yeah, this is what you're supposed to do. I mean, you can amen me. You can get excited, jump up and high five me and, and be like, yeah, that's good preaching right there, brother. Woohoo!" Do the Ric Flair. There you go. I knew you could do it. <laughs> we, can, we can do that. We can get excited about it. But ultimately what's going to happen is you are going to do not what you're supposed to do. You're going to do what you want to do. This is why your why has to be at the root and not just what you're supposed to do. You've had a book in front of you all your life telling you what you're supposed to do. So why didn't we follow it if we knew what was right? Because we didn't want to. So how do we change our want? This is really what we're getting down to. How do we change our want? How do we change the root? People will do what they want to do. I was, uh, the other day I was preaching at the retirement homes and um, the Lord told me to start this series actually with them and and uh, sometimes I feel like it's funny the things that the Lord asked me to talk to the retirement home people about. And, but this was one of them. I was like, really? You want me to go down this road? And so I was talking to them about why. And sure enough, I go and I say, I say, why do we do what we do? And I have a list of, you know, why do we sleep? Why do we play? Why do we rest? Why do we work? Why do we, you know? And ultimately, the same, you know, comment came out of a couple of different places. And, and uh, one lady says, because I want to. I was like, that's a correct answer. Yeah. You know, that's not the right answer, but that's a correct answer. You know, that is telling a fact. That is telling the truth. And the thing is, we have to change what we want. That's what we're after. You know, they said, and another one said, because I like it. Because I like doing that. That's exactly right. So the question then becomes, what do we like and what do we want? Because the truth of the matter is, we think it's a good idea and we have a desire to do the things of God, but we don't really like it, <laughs> some of the things he asks us to do, like going and praying for somebody in public. You know, maybe getting filled with the Spirit. I don't like, I don't like that. I don't want to do it, so you won't. We'll do what we want to do. We'll do what we like to do. So now what we really have to do in our lives is we have to change what we like and we have to change what we want. 
How do we do that? Here's a, some more examples before we get to the how. The how is really kind of simple, but it's, you know, think about this. You're dating, you know, when you first started dating your spouse or the person that you're dating now. And, and if, let, let's think about the people that you used to date for a second. How come dating stopped working? And, and if, you're, if you're in, you know, a marriage now and you don't feel like the same passion that you had at the beginning, how come it worked at the beginning? Because you wanted it to. You gave yourself to imagine and be amazed at that person and be enraptured with that person. How come it's not working now? Because you're not giving, you have learned about that person, you've seen things in them that you either liked or didn't like, and you don't want to be as enraptured and as amazed and as you used to. This is what happens. How do you turn it around and stay connected and stay in, stay in there and actually turn it into something even better than it ever was before? You start giving your heart to want it again. This is what most people are missing when they get divorced. They're, they're missing this. They, they, they are going after what they like and what they want, and what they like and what they want is not what God wants, and so they give themselves to this. In other words, we've got to turn back to that person, and we've got to want to again. We've got to want to. How uh, our job worked at first because we wanted it to. Anybody ever taken a job and, man, like, first day on the job, you're posting it all over Facebook. Woo, got a new job. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to do this, this, that, and this. Before you know it, I'll be at the top of the heap. And two or three years later, you're like, this sucks. (laughs) This stinks. I hate this job. Why? What changed? The job. Thank you. You, yes, it was definitely the job. The job was changed. It was never us. That's right. That's right. Never did our want to and our desire change. It certainly it wasn't us. So you get in, you learn that the boss is not who you thought he was. You learn that your pay was not what it looked like when they brought me in and told me about it. You know, all of a sudden, this is not, this is not the amazing adventure. That they showed me on the interview. And <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> this does not look like repo men on TV. <laughs> this does not look like that. I gotta do paperwork here. That's boring. <laughs> yeah, we, we have this idea. You know what made it great on that first day? Because we let our imagination and our want to be bigger than the facts. Why is it not working now? Because you have seen a bit of reality and you've let go of that want. Why did, why did our church work at first? Because we wanted it to. Man, as I tell people in the membership class when we do one, I'll say, I'll say, hey, Right now, boomerang to you looks like sunshine, blue skies, and flowers springing up. I said, but there, listen, and I tell them, there is going to be a time when the rain falls and the wind blows 
And the gray skies come out. The question is, are you going to dig yourself up and, and plant yourself somewhere else just because it looks that way? In other words, what's your want? What's your desire? People, see, we do this all the time, and it doesn't come down to the place changing. It does, a lot of times it doesn't come down to people changing. They were the same the whole time. You wanted to see it differently. You wanted to be there. And all of a sudden, that won't motivated you to move across country to other places and take a job or move across country to go marry that person, you know, to do crazy stuff. All What was the motivation? What we really wanted. What we really wanted. So what we're dealing with in our why is not just, hey, we can all logically look at the why. I want to love God. I think that's a great idea. But we've got to deal with what do we truly want. We have changed our want. Have we changed our want to be our why? Have we changed what we truly want to be our why? Because I could probably ask you for prayer requests right now, and you, you, what I would hear, like let's say that I told you in about five minutes, Jesus is going to walk in this place. And he is going to lay hands on you, and whatever you ask him for prayer will change, and it will happen. Yeah. And whatever you don't ask him is not going to happen. All right, so I don't see anybody scribbling a list out yet. But in your head, it's already happening. See, if I ask you for prayer in that way, here's what I would hear in those prayer requests. I'd hear all your wants. But here's the question. Have we changed our want to be our why? In other words, have we even examined that? That, Lord, does my want line up with your want? This is really the why that will keep you on track. Is my want really what you want? Matthew 12.33 says this, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. Now the key word I want you to look in here and see this is, Either make... The tree good and its fruit good. Or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. What's the key word in there? What's the action word? We've got to make our want line up with the why. All right, we know what the why should be. But now we've got to change inside of us and make our want line up with that. That's where we've been missing it. We've been saying, yes, that why needs to be that. Yes, I want it to be that. Yes, it's desire. But inside of us, we truly don't want our wants to be the same wants as God. We want our wants to be our wants. And so we go through life thinking, yes, I'm desiring to be godly. But our wants are taking us not where we're supposed to go. They're taking us where we like to go. I remember when I was, you know, smoking and I went and I, I came up before the elders of the church because I was sitting there with some men and this verse came up to me and, and I was smoking and I didn't want to smoke because I didn't want to tell people stay out of hell and smell like it, you know, and that was just it. I was trying, to, I, I was really convicted, I was really condemned over that, right? 
And uh, Nicole didn't like it too, but that was, I wasn't thinking that way then, you know, honestly. But I started being really convicted and condemned. And, and that's a good example right there. Let me go back to, she did not want me to smoke anymore, but I wanted to. So which one did I love more in that situation, her and her desires or mine? Mine, that's why I continued. In other words, I hear you, but I don't care. It's a good idea. That's what I should do. That's what I'm supposed to do. Stop. I knew it affected my health. I knew it affected my witness. I knew God didn't want it for me. But I wanted to do that more than I wanted to do what I was supposed to do or what I should do. So which did I do? I continued. So I was sitting there, and then, you know, the scripture came up to me about if any sick among you, let him come before the elders' church, and they will lay hands on him, anoint him with oil, and prayer of faith will save the sick. And so I said, that's a good idea. I went up. They laid hands on me. The men were there that night. It was a men's meeting. They laid hands on me. My desire to smoke completely went away. It was a miracle. It was awesome. I was like, praise God. Until about a year later when, you know, I was under some stress and said, hey, I think I want a cigarette. And then I went right back into it. And went right back into it. And then when I tried to quit that time, and I, I didn't even go before the elders of the church because I knew it wasn't going to work. And my faith was not to go do that again. Because I knew I had kind of transgressed what God had done. And it actually would have worked if I would have had faith in it. But I didn't. My faith wasn't there for it. And so here I was, and the Lord had called me to minister, and he had called me to preach, and, and I, here I am, you know, smoking. And um, it really started to bug me because, you know, now we were, you know, Abigail was here. And I'm still, every now and then, hooked on this thing. And, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Lord, I need your help. And this time I had to go through it. Now, I, I didn't have to, but I believed I had to. And so, sure enough, Lord, help me. And the Lord spoke to me and he, about that situation. He said, he said, you love that cigarette more than you love me. And I was like, ow, no, I, yeah, I do. Yes, I do. And if you stop and think about it, what was, I, what was I bending to? What was I giving myself to? I was giving myself more to smoking than I was him. I truly loved because love makes a choice and a commitment towards the thing. And my choice and commitment was not to God. My choice and commitment, because he had already told me to stop. My choice and commitment was to the thing. What did I want to do? I wanted to smoke. And it hit me, I realized, until my want changes, this is not going to change. And so I started focusing my mind and thinking about how much I wanted to please God. I started, Lord, help me desire you. Help me want you more. Which kind of seems, you know, weird. It's like, you know... At the marriage conference, too, the lady was like, when we first got married, you know, he would never tell me that he loved me. So he put it on his day timer to tell me every day that he loved me. And, she, and she's like, that, I thought that was so awful. 
But that's what he needed to do to get to the place of doing the right thing. So it's kind of like, Lord, I don't desire you. Help me desire you. You know, that sounds awful, but that's exactly what I needed to do to get to the place where my want changed inside of me. See, a lot of times it's that pride that holds us back from these areas, and, and I needed to get to that place where my want changed. Lord, I want you more than I want that thing. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. I need to make my want line up with God's want. I need to make my desires line up with his desires. And if I'm not doing that, I'm going to get off track. This is, this is the thing. Here's what happens, and this is, this is the how. You see, every Sunday, generally, you have a home, you have a house, and that house is your life. And every Sunday, God comes up and he sets up outside your house and, and he says through the message, Hey, this is what you're supposed to do. And you're happy like you fling open the windows and you listen to the message and you might even shout out the window, Amen! You're right? I got visions of the, <laughs> Amen! What's the movie? <laughs> the Grinch. <laughs> Thank goodness God doesn't answer back and go, you're an idiot. So, <laughs> sorry. If you hadn't seen the movie, I don't, know, I don't know that you should go because of that. But thank goodness God doesn't say, you're an idiot. Come outside and be a part of me. But that's what we do. We allow him to preach at our house. We'll throw the w windows open. We'll shout an amen out. But we don't allow him to come inside. All right, Lord, I, I want to agree with you, but here's what happened. happens. God comes up in his why, and he knocks on the door. And inside our house, we're like, this is my house. Like, I don't want his why to come. I don't want the love of God and love for God to come in this house because I got a room in here for me at that one point, using that example, that was my smoking room. And if God comes in here, he's going to be like, you need to clean this mess up. And so here's what we do. We'll shout amen out the window. We'll listen to the message. But it's like when God actually starts knocking on the door of our heart, the door of our life, and the why starts knocking on our door, we know that if he comes in, our wants change. And, we're, and this, is, this is what we are. Don't answer that door. Mm-mm, don't answer it. Act like nobody's home. Mm. Because I don't want him to come into that room. And so what we do is we continue amening the things of God, but we never open up our room to judge it ourselves and let the word wash away the junk, and inside our want never changes, and so we keep on doing what we want to do off the tracks of God, and we're just heading towards the next derailment. At some point, and, and what is that really doing? Here comes God again. Here comes the why. Here comes loving God. And all of a sudden he's like, hey, I want to I come in and I want to see your marriage. You know, can I come inside and visit you and be a part of you? 
And we're like, I, I, I'm mad at them. I don't want to forgive them right now. And so we won't open the door to God. But here's the problem. This is, this is the whole issue. We don't trust that God coming in and examining our life and being intimate with us is better than us keeping him out. We trust what we want over him, and so we harden our heart and won't ever open up to him, won't ever let him reveal the stuff, and we just keep chugging down that track heading towards the next derailment. We don't open the door to change our want because that's our want. I want it to be mine. I like what I do. I like how this makes me feel or that makes me feel. This is my life. I can make my choice. That's pride. That's the same sin in the garden. What if the Lord tells you, I don't want you working there anymore, but I like working here. What if the Lord tells you, I don't, I don't want you dating that person anymore. See, we're afraid that God's want is going to be different from our want, and we don't want to give that up. And what it really says is, Lord, I don't trust you. You say your love, but I don't trust it. And, and we know that he actually is love. We just don't trust him to do what we want him to do. That's the issue. So the how is, we've got to open up our house of want and say, Lord, clean house if you want to. If you want to clean my house, clean up my wants, come on in. Right now, I imagine there's a whole bunch of wants going through your head that you're, and it's the ones that you're going, oh no, God, don't touch that one. That's it. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one he's after. Why? Because that thing's got you. You don't have it, it's got you. That's the one. So, right now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do, the question is, will you open up the door long enough for God to walk in and empower you right now in this moment to look at your house and look at your wants and tell you what he wants? Because here's the truth. God will walk into your house. And yeah, he's going to change some of your wants because your wants are off track. They're messed up. You just can't see it yet. You don't believe that? Just grow up to be a parent and watch the relationships of your children. You'll see stuff they never see. They can't even begin to see it coming. Well, you're that child to God. As much as you know and as old as you think you are and as much as you've been around the block, you're still a child to God. He's going to see stuff you can't see. He's going to want to put you in places where you can succeed and prosper and lead you to triumph. But it takes a humility on the child of God's part to say, Lord, I have not wanted your things. I confess that to you. And now, here's my wants. I give them to you to either keep them or throw them away. But I will do what you want, not what I want. I'm giving you entrance into my house because I'm not the Lord here. If I'm a believer, Jesus is Lord, and I know I've been holding him outside.
Right now, will you let him walk in enough into your wants that will empower you to come up here, hit your knees if necessary, and say, Lord, I give you me. I give you me. Lord, show me your wants. I will do what you want because my why is I love you. And I trust you enough. I trust you enough. I know your love is so pure and so perfect that I can trust you in this moment to make you Lord over any area in my life. So Lord, I trust you. And I'm letting you really love on me right now. Will you open up the door right now, right where you're sitting enough so that you will... Let God empower you to get up and take a step of faith, take a step of action towards changing your wants today. Lord, I want to get on track with the why. I want to get on track with it. This is how I do it. And the first step is to let go. Let God in and be God. Be the lover of my soul. Let him show me how I, I, you, really are the apple of his eye. Because what you'll find is your wants changing. It may take away a little piece of the flesh, but it will give you so much in the spirit that will start to manifest stuff in the flesh. It will put you in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. He will start to be able to pile up blessings in your life. But it doesn't just happen because he wants it for you. He needs your partnership in this that says, I want what you want, Lord, and I trust you to do it. Will you let them empower you right now? Let's get a little bit of music just ready to play lightly in the background. But right now, take your, you know, take your time. Make it real. Make it your heart's desire that when he knocks on it, you open up the door and let him into that want right now. Come on up at any time. If you feel like you need to tell me something or confess something, do that. If you feel like you just need to get on your knees, do that. Because a lot of times when we get to that place of our want and we realize it's off, what we really need to do is we just need to say, Lord, I have messed this up. And if we will confess that sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all unrighteousness. Lord, we praise you. We give you the glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, come in. Let us not just choose it because it's the right thing to do, but let our desire and our love for you motivate us to do what's necessary with our lives so that we can shine bright like the sun. Lord, I just ask that you would pour out your blessings on people that, that desire you and want you. Ask for your anointing to set them free, Lord. And all those, you know, there's some rooms that we're happy for the Lord to walk in and, and establish what he wants. But then there's some rooms that it's like, 
uh, we got it under lock and key and chain. Lord, I just ask right now that your anointing would set us free so that the lock and key and chain would be so easily given up so that your anointing would release you into every room of our life. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, let our wants be your wants. Still come on up. You're sitting there going, I don't know if that's me. I feel something, but I'm not sure. It's you. Come on up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your love. And changing, empowering us to change those wants. Empowering us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for hearts after you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the reality of your power and your love. Thank you for your anointing, Lord. Lord, I just, right now, personally, I just give you me. I give you me. Lord, I, show me the areas where my want doesn't line up with your want. Show me the areas where my why has been off track. So that I can now be empowered by your why. Your why is your love for us. Let me be empowered by your love as I line up with your why. With your wants. Thank you, Father. There's all my house. All the rooms of who I am. Lord, shine your light on it. Set me free. In Jesus' name. Set me free free in Jesus name thank you father thank you father thank you father anyone else and you know you may just be going God, I need to ask for forgiveness. And just right now, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I'm just leading these prayers. If there's one that really touches your heart, let it fly out of your heart. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me for not being on track with you. Forgive me for not opening the door to you. Forgive me for putting on a facade of being religious. Forgive me for not allowing you to really be Lord but I still had the reins I still had control and I was being who I wanted to be Lord I changed that today I changed that today thank you Father I just feel led just to walk around and pray uh, for everybody and so if you'll just bear with me a second just if, if you're not praying for you pray for, pray for somebody else but if you are if you still need to come up here come up now's the time 
God's not going to get mad at you. He's just going to accept you with open arms. That's his love. Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for highlighting the wants, for highlighting your desires and the difference between us and you. Thank you, Father, for your desires. Thank you, Father, for your desires. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your wants. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for showing a new hope, a new light, a new way and a new path. Lord, for illuminating and showing us not just that it's the right path, but show us the hope on that path, the gift that you are seeking to pour out in our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we give you our wants in Jesus' name. We give you our lives. It's not something we play with. It's the real deal of whether or not we are who you've called us to be or not. Lord, thank you for our wants lining up with you. Thank you for showing us how to do it. Thank you for showing us that you want it done. Thank you for empowering us to be that. We praise you for it. And thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory.